Hello, unfiltered friends. Today we have on Rosie McMichael, makeup and fashion guru with five and a half million subscribers on YouTube. She is very glamorous, but when I met her, she was sweaty and dirty on an abandoned island. You're going to have to listen to get the context for that, but one of my major takeaways from this is that no one is self-made. There are many people who lift us up along the way to our dreams. If you would like to lift this podcast up, make sure you join us on Patreon, check out the perks, get the behind the scenes, patreon.com slash unfiltered friends. And without further ado, Rosie McMichael. Welcome to the Unfiltered Friends podcast. Before we introduce you to our next friend, I want you to take a moment to think about everything that led you to where you are right now. Do you see how strong you are? Do you see how great your story is? I hope you do, and I hope you learn great lessons and get inspired by our next friend's story on the Unfiltered Friends podcast. Welcome, Rosie McMichael. Hello. Say hi, everyone. <laughs> you you said hi, but without sound coming out of your mouth. No, I did say hi. I don't think you did. Why do we fight so much? We've known each other for 10 years now. Almost. Next year is going to be 10 years. And I don't think that people would ever connect you and me. Uh, well, don't you think that maybe if we had not done the show, we could have connected maybe in one of those Bitcoin conventions and, and things like that. You think I would have connected with a uh, all Spanish speaking makeup channel at VidCon? Well, you I mean, you just you just never know. You never I mean, know. this is coming you never know. This is coming from someone that is from a very very tiny town. Yes. And that I'm connecting with people from all over the world. So to yeah. me connecting with someone that it's total opposite of me, it's not that crazy anymore. Before the thought would be almost impossible. Now, not so much. So maybe so, maybe like if in a convention, if we were in line for the waffles or things like that, you know, one of these big breakfasts, we could say like, hey, what do you do? And well, what do actually, you do? I, know, you connect. I did build a beauty vertical on, I, on YouTube. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's very possible. Um, and I speak un poco español, so. <laughs> With an accent. Look, I do okay. You have to, you have to admit, especially for a white guy from the U.S., I, I, I speak a decent amount, right? Yeah, you do. I, you would surprise me, that, so, which would be interesting because I would assume you're not understanding. And then I turn and I see your face and I'm like, oh, he is understanding. Yes. So yeah, I'll, I'll give that to you. I, yeah. I wish I had never told you because then I could just sit. But you do speak very fast. So I'm not sure how well I would be able to keep up. But, I would speak faster. <laughs> yeah, because you wouldn't feel the need to slow down because I was there. Okay, but we, we're already <laughs> cart before the horse. Tell people... What it is that you do online? Like what it, what is it that your channel is based around on YouTube? Uh, well, I have a YouTube channel that it's all based on beauty. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it for 12 years and it's evolved, but I started doing uh, makeup tutorials just like everyone else and quick, cute videos as um, ironing my hair and things are were very simple back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like the way you would share with your best friend. And that evolved to what I do now, which is still beauty, still ba based on makeup, but now it's more reviews and uh, the videos are more polished, but still keeping that core 
um, vision of trying to connect with people all over the world, like if they were your best friends and they were here with you and you were just chit-chatting about something. It's just in a more polished presentation per se, but mm -hmm. the core inside is the same thing that it was 12 years ago. Why is it important to you to keep that connection that you had in the beginning while having still more polish? It's been, uh, I mean, it's important to me and it's been difficult at the same time because I, I don't know how aware of this you are, but the beauty community has suffered throughout the years. Yes. And lately has been hit pretty, 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 pretty hard. So I've seen a bunch of uh, fellow creators that have jumped into doing other kinds of content. I mean, it could be comedy, it could be viral, it could be anything. Some people have gone total different uh, direction and they are not even connected to beauty. So to me, it's important to remain relevant, still doing beauty and makeup to, to try to keep a community that started a long time ago still alive. And even more important because I enjoy it. So mm. I always want to do something that I personally enjoy because as much as I love acting, I have some training in drama and theater, but it's not where my heart is. Mm. So I never want to go and do something that I don't enjoy just because to keep big numbers or to, to, to keep up with the trends. So I, uh, if there's no trend, I always like to believe that I can make the trend or that I can make something that keep people coming back. Um, still around the things that I enjoy. So even though it changes and evolves and it's not like before, because before I would do makeup tutorials. Now, if I was doing makeup tutorials, my channel will be absolutely done because people are not watching that on YouTube. They watch that on TikTok because they want to see like the 30 second version. So I am just like trying to polish it and present it in different ways that it's more like an experience to people. And it's more of entertainment that can be solid, let's say for 30 minutes, not 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you feel the, the beauty community got hit hard? Like what, what elements changed? And did you have a moment where you contemplated doing what a lot of the other creators did where they kind of jump ship from that type of content to seek views? Um, then a lot of them end up falling off. Like what happened and what made you decide not to shift? I mean, you shifted, but still kind of within the same type of content. Yeah. Um, this is not my first hit. I mean, you can imagine <laughs> that in 12 years, I've seen a bunch of things. So my, my actual first big hit was, I want to say in 2016, when the do it yourself wave was very, very, very strong. Mm -hmm. So that was a hit that I saw. Like back in the day, I would gain about three and 5,000 subscribers daily. Mm -hmm. And that from 5,000, I went to 1,000. So that was like a huge dip. And with that, views also went down. I'm not going to say that I jumped out, but I did kind of like fall into that. And I modified, I, I changed my, my, my style a bit. And I started to have series around uh back to school and you know decorating your notebooks and things like that i wanted to to, to see how the do-it-yourself trend would work for me and i was miserable i liked it because i've always liked that that kind of thing i've always like when i was in high school i was the girl that would go to target and buy like 
I think you see this coming. That will buy like every notebook with stickers uh-huh. and my color. Yeah, you, you yes. see. Yeah, yeah. You, you see, you see Slightly where this is. Slightly extra, going. just a little bit. Just a little bit. And, you know, my Hello Kitty box and no one would like disturb my beautiful, aesthetically pleasing uh, desk. But something that I enjoy back in the day in real life, it's not necessarily the content that I enjoy making. So there are things that I enjoy in real life that I just don't enjoy as a creator. So I tried, I gave it a try and it was just not for me. I did it like for six months. I didn't change completely. I just added like an extra series to whatever I had going on already as far as beauty. Mm -hmm. So I tried and it didn't work. So what I noticed is that instead what I already had going on, you know, like the tutorials not working anymore. Let me put that instead of a makeup review with all these makeup launches that we have left and right. And that worked. Now, did my numbers ever go back to gaining 5,000 subscribers a month? No, that never went back. But I was able to go back up in views and still like, you know, maintain myself. And this was again, back in 2016. So this new hit is more because we have so many quick platforms because we have reels, we have quick videos on Instagram, and we also have a TikTok. And now people want to see this same beauty content in a very quick um, way that it's very uh, raw. It doesn't look polished. So here I am trying to modify that, not necessarily going the quick route. Yeah, because you're not a, you're not a raw it. person. Like you don't post raw mm-hmm. things for the most part. You're very polished. I'm very polished with what I post on you. It just depends on the platform because, you know, on Instagram, I'm more like raw, like the way I wake up in the morning with no makeup (laughs) because that's more like documenting my daily life. So it just depends on the platform. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been like rolling through the punches through. I mean, you have to constantly evolve. That's just like part of the game, you know, like even even I mean, I was doing musical parody when I met you, I think. So I remember (laughs) it's very different at this point. And I do. I do. So we see where you are now. You've got over five million subscribers on YouTube. I think you got like two and a half followers, two and a half million followers on Instagram. But when I met you, you didn't have much. I think I had 30,000. You had 30,000 subscribers when I met you. Um, we were on a reality show called SOS Island, which <laughs> was such an interesting, <laughs> yes. let it out, let it out. Oh I- my God. Oh Go my, ahead. It's, oh my God. That show, you knew, you, I quit the show while I was still on it. You were fully aware of that. I was, anyone yeah. who knows me is like, when I, when I'm over it, it's done. Like, bye. No. Cause I could see how awful it was. I'm curious, how did they find you to bring you on? So to explain the show, essentially, they took 16 of us, flew mm-hmm. us to Puerto Rico. Yes. Set us up with less strat. I'm explaining this to other people. I know you know. You were there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> set us up with Les Stroud, who was Survivor Man. We did, was it a week of of survival training with him? It was a week. It was five days. And then on that Friday, that's when the eight were chosen. Yes. You and me plus six. Right. So we did all the survival training, which was really interesting stuff. I really yeah. enjoyed that. And then they, they picked eight of us to actually go to the island. Yeah. And we were there. We were there for, th- were we two weeks on the island or three weeks on the island? We were two miserable weeks on the island. Two miserable. But if, you put, if you put everything together, we were in Puerto Rico for three weeks. Yes. So. And so we were there for three weeks. We had all these like survival. T- it was like, 
It was like the Wish version of Survivor, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way I could describe it. You know, they put us on the island. We were there for two weeks and we had to do all these like survival challenges to earn points. We didn't have anything except for we had Internet. Which yes. was the oddest part. We had to, I built an A-frame. Oh, Rosie, we got to tell the story about your shelter when we got hit by that storm. Because that I still feel sad about that for you when I woke up and I saw you in a pile of sticks. But we'll, <laughs> we'll get there in a second. Um, we didn't have anything, but they trucked out like internet to the island so that we could update people from the island to get us to, to get them to vote for us. So that like juxtaposition of like literally having nothing but a cell phone. <laughs> And internet, like to still be able to scroll Instagram, but have to hunt for your food sometimes like that, that felt odd. But how did they end up? How did they find you at that point in time to be on that show? Did you apply or did they just reach out randomly? They reached out randomly. And I honestly think they needed a Mexican in the show. Because, you know, how, I mean, it's true. It's true. I, I was always on there. I don't, I don't even remember how they worded that email. But I was under the impression that, that they needed a Mexican person without all these complications of bringing someone actually from Mexico. I was born here in the States, so I am Mexican, but I mean, I'm a U.S. citizen, so it was less complicated as far as permits and things mm. like that. Because so, we had people um, from like Israel and South yeah. Africa and stuff like that. Turkey. Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> Mert. I know. Our <laughs> And um, so, so yeah, so when they reached out, it was like a very, I don't even, it was like a very complicated scenario because I was, my baby was nine months when they reached out, mm. going on 10. Yes, because when I came back, he turned 11 months. I was still breastfeeding when they sent that email. <sighs> <laughs> too much information, but it's. Did it's, you have like hesitate because that was so soon? After it was very soon, but I really wanted. Okay, I always wanted to do Big Brother. Big Brother was in my bucket list for life. So for me, this could be something that I could do. And it, when they said three weeks, when I went, I honestly wanted to fail and be sent back home after the first week. So I could only have the experience, get it out of my system and come back. The thing is that once I was there, this competition bug got mm. in me and I wanted to keep going. And I do remember one time I called home and I said, no, I want to stay. And everybody was like, that was not the plan. The plan was for me to do the week and come back. Um, but then, I mean, I had the necessary support for me to do, actually do the three weeks, which I did. But it was so weird because <laughs> this is, again, too much information. <laughs> I got on the plane still with an electric pump because I was still breastfeeding to the day that I got on the plane. Wow. And because I was weaning my baby out, but I mean, my body didn't get the memo. I was so sleep deprived from having a baby at home and sleeping three hours a night for... 10 months that the first night that we slept on the ground on that little teepee thingy and everybody said we are never gonna sleep through the night i slept through the night like a baby yeah. because i was so tired so i do remember that miserable night 
as one of the best nights of my life because <laughs> I was so tired. I was yeah. so, and if you remember, I was very skinny as well. So my body was breaking down at that point. That was not a very good idea because then they didn't feed us. So my yeah. poor body went, was taking hit after hit. I think we all, I think I lost like 10 pounds on that island because we were so malnourished. I see, I see pictures of that time and I was extremely skinny in, in not a healthy way. No, that's where I uh-huh. learned that the, um, the Asian made cell phones have a natural slimmer that you can't turn off. Actually, it naturally slims your face. I did. Did you know that? The, can the, you say that the, again? The Samsung cameras and like, oh, oh. They had a natural slimmer on the camera that you had to turn off. Oh, I don't even remember that. Yeah. I don't it, know if I knew. I think I think I, someone explained that it had to do with um, a lot of uh, Asian culture really embracing Western culture. And they okay. tend to have rounder faces. So they want to like slim their face. I don't know. It's really it's, – I still have that. Do I still have that phone? I sold everything. You sold I everything? I made about $3,000 on eBay selling everything. What? Right away. Yeah. No. I want it. I want it once after, not after the show, but after the wrap up party, I really wanted to put it behind me. Yes. So the, the way, the way that I could do that was to get rid of everything, which I did. Yeah. And I, I, after a month, no, none of us were talking to each other anymore. So it was easy for me just to flip the page. The only thing that I took with me was what I learned because I do remember listening to you, to Brittany, someone else that was part of the cast that you were actually doing YouTube for a living. And I wasn't, I was doing it for as a hobby. Mm -hmm. So that kind of like sparked something in me. Do you remember when you had the fourth, uh, the fourth Fiesta? I had that until end of 2020. (laughs) No, no, no. You all that I know, but when you were part of that program, the the Fiesta, um, Ford Fiesta, what was that called? I don't remember. It was a Ford Fiesta campaign. I do yeah. remember this fancy name. I just don't remember what it was. That, I cannot tell you what that sparked in me. The thing with me is that if you put like a little spark and if I get it, it would be, it, that is fire in me. Yeah. So when I heard about that, I was like, I am doing that. And I am going to do that better. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. But I, I, that, I came back and I was like, okay. If they did that, I can do it. If they can do it, I can do it. And I can do it. Then I'm going to do it bigger because that's, that's the way I operate. I mean, just spark (laughs) and I'll run with it. So, so that's the only, that's the only thing I came back and I wrote everything, like everything that you guys would say, I I have it. I have taught, I'm, I'm a paper and pencil person. Yeah. I wrote down everything and I came back and I'm like, okay, I'm going to work on my thumbnails. I'm going to, I didn't even use thumbnails back in the day. I'm going to change my titles. I'm going to do metadata. I'm going to do tags. I'm going to do this, 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 this. And I did. I, it, it took me a while, but I did. And soon after it took off. So imagine, do you think you would have done that if you hadn't made it to the island that, that you would have got enough out of those five days that we did training with Les Stroud? Um, this is, this is how I see life. I see how that was a stepping stone for me. It's like when I told you at the beginning of the interview that you said, do you think we would have ever connected if it had not been 
because of the island? And I told you, yes, maybe we would have connected at VidCon or when you were doing that beauty vertical, maybe you were going to be sent to BeautyCon and we were going to be in the line to pick up breakfast and things like that. So mm -hmm. I do see how that could have happened in another way. I, I see that too. I yeah. see that if I had not gone, I would have done it a different, a different way because I, I, I feel that life success and everybody's path is just, it's just a series of events. It's not just one, it's a bunch of them. So as much as I appreciate and see every single one, I also see how it could have been, it could have been different. Yeah. I don't know if it would have been exactly that. It maybe would have been harder, maybe not that. I don't know, but it, yeah. But it seemed to that experience on there and learning from other people seemed to accelerate your, your process at that point in time. It made it tangible. Yeah. It made it very tangible. So you could because, see, because you could see it, you felt I like you could, could do see it. it. The, the very first time that that became tangible to me, and I, and I was just thinking about it, people on the internet had an issue with people showing what they have as far as maybe a purse or a new house or a new car because they feel that they are showing off. Mm -hmm. And I feel that everything is about perception. I remember before going uh, on SOS Island, I saw a picture. I, I follow Michelle Fong from beginning till she uh, semi-retired. Mm -hmm. Now she's back. But before that, I remember seeing a picture of her that she posted somewhere. And she was laying down in her brand new apartment, feet up with a pair of Kristen Louboutin shoes. To me more than bragging like oh my god this girl is so show like showing off like her expensive shoes to me was like hold up a second that girl that was struggling not that long ago saying that she couldn't pay college that she couldn't pay rent that she couldn't do this 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 and that now is in such a fancy apartment wearing those shoes that to buy those shoes is because she can afford all these other things that was, that was tangible to me. So instead of me thinking, oh my gosh, she's like showing up to me, it's like, oh, you can do that. Maybe I can too. <clears throat> my problem back in the day is that I was, I was under this mentality, which still am at some, um, some degree that I tended to think those things don't happen to me. Mm. Those things do happen to someone like me from a small, from a very small town. No one Pretty much no one, you don't hear those kind of stories here. It's not like LA or like even Houston. Um, so you, I would see like this girl's, yeah, but it will not happen to me. So it was always like this, this fight in my head from over here, having this sparkle and running with it until it's like this huge fire and this little voice of me saying those things don't happen to me. I'm going to give Nowadays, you it's smaller, but I'm going to give you a little bit more credit than you're giving yourself currently, because it really is about, especially from doing um, like the deep trauma therapy that I've done, something mm -hmm. that I, I make sure to do is consider a different way of looking at a situation. If it feels negative, what's a positive way that I can look at it while mm -hmm. you looked at it in a way, like, look at all the, look at, look at the success she's had. I, I want to have that too. There was probably just as many people, if not more people, being like, how dare you show off? And that's mm -hmm. more of a testament to who you are as a person. Because mm -hmm. I guarantee you, you look at the, those comment sections, plenty of people are saying that. But you chose to have the mentality of, this is not a threat to me. This is an inspiration to me. And this yeah. could, and, and now that I see it, and that's what I want, I'm going to go get it. 
And that that's that's honestly just because that attitude that you're talking about where people get angry, that hasn't left. That's oh, still no, a hasn't. thing. That, I but, read it every day. <laughs> yeah, right. And now you experience it because you, yeah. you've reached a level of success. I want to go back to the island, though, because I feel like I haven't really talked about it much, pretty much, even with you, um, since we left, because we were both uh, very <laughs> done. Traumatized. <laughs> Traumatized. So I'm curious, like now that time has passed, like how much I, how much it was like real and how much is just like a fuzzy memory at this point in time. Okay. My understanding was when we went to that island in the contract, it said, we are going to give, provide you shelter of some mm-hmm. sort. They, it was nondescript. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they were going to give us one meal per day with the crew and unlimited fruit. It was my understanding. Do you remember I, that? I do remember that. It was a total shock to me when we, after passing the training the first week that we made, that, that now we were like the eight that we're going to make it to the end. Uh-huh. We got to the island and we had nothing. Didn't they give us like we, an hour to build our shelter before the sun went down or something like that? Yeah. And we had no materials. It's not like we had anything solid. We had to use whatever resources we had from Earth. Right. Which I always thought that they were going to wrap up and say something like, okay, guys, this is just pretend and get on the boat and let's go back to the hotel. Wait, to you me, thought you were going to go back to the hotel? Uh, Really? Okay. <laughs> yes and no. Hold up. Yes and no. No, because I was prepared. Because we're, in, I'm, by the way, mm-hmm. I am Mexican and we are taught when that if there's no way, you make it. Oh, man. So when they yeah. said that we can, they, that we couldn't take all these things, I had them all over my body. I had a razor. I have soap. I had the other. <laughs> I had. You smuggled uh, the stuff? Yeah. Onto the- <laughs> you don't even want to know where I put that on. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> so I don't remember Mert, which was the youngest guy. He was like 19. And he was like, like a little Turkey, brother. Right. Yes, he yeah. was like my little brother because physically he looks like my my brother. I do remember he gave me a hug once. Like we were like after like three, four days. And he's like, you smell so good. How do you do it? <laughs> and I'm like, because I had pieces. I had a piece of deodorant. I had a piece of, of, of soap. I had like the, just the blade from the razor. And I had everything in my bikers. So I was like, they're wow. not going to go touch you know touch me so i had my shirt over my bikers and i just had like everything i was walking like really like careful because i didn't want anything to slip out of my bikers but i have a bunch of stuff i think after one week that's when i run out of everything so okay so that was the thing just in case we were not to go back to the hotel i have what it was necessary for me to feel at least clean i'm not gonna say pretty but clean but that was like a just in case because I did think that we were going to go back. So it was a shock to me. I yeah. was so, I don't know even if, well, you know me pretty well at this point. And can I be dramatic? Yes, I can. But you I are. think that I was overly dramatic on the island because I was tired. I was hungry. And, and at one point I was like, no. And then I had this feeling of this is unfair. This is not what I signed. Yes. But back in the day, I mean, if you weren't, if they were not listening to you, that you were the biggest 
star at the moment there, they were not going to listen to the girl that was at the bottom from, you know, from subscriber count or anything. So it was just like, what the heck do I do? And I didn't have the grasp of the industry that I have today. So to me, they were doing me a favor by having me there and giving me some exposure. And I didn't feel entitled to say like, hey, here, it doesn't say that, which now it would, you know that today, uh-huh. that would have looked very Rosie would have, you would have owned the island by the end of it. You would have been like, this is my island now. Um, <laughs> ship all my stuff here. We're taking do you, over. Do you remember when I got in trouble for stealing? Or you don't remember? I that? vaguely remember. What, what did you steal? Uh, I stole for you. Well, for <laughs> us. I stole two pieces of granola bars. <gasps> and I got you a Coke and a Sprite for me. So I was probably I, pretty like complaining at that point. So you're probably like, this guy needs to shut up. I'm going to no, get it. No, it was for the both of us. I okay. was I was taking that for the team. I was doing it for myself okay, as well. Okay. Okay. And, and I remember like doing one of the shows, they, they, they called you they out. Had- I remember that they roasted you on camera and for I taking cried. a Coke and a granola bar. Cause your integrity I, is important to you. So like, they're basically trying to destroy that on camera and they didn't yeah. tell you that that was going to happen. And I cried my eyes out. And I remember at that point, I was like, I, I'm done. I'm done. So there, then I went to talk to someone from production. And I said that I felt humiliated and that it, that was very degrading. And that I, it's not like I had stolen millions of dollars. I was like, it was a fucking Coke and a Sprite. We were I starving. Like, I was starving. I was very hungry. So let me, to, let me explain. Okay, so you guys heard the contract said that we were going to get three piece, the, th- a meal with the crew per day and unlimited fruit. And that turned into three pieces of fruit a day, period, at the we most. We didn't have a knife. Don't forget about that. What? At first, at first, we didn't have a knife. We didn't have a knife. And so we couldn't open the pineapple. So it was that made it two pieces of fruit, the banana and the mango, because we couldn't open we the couldn't pineapple. open the pineapple. <laughs> and the mangoes, it was October. So the mangoes weren't naturally happening on the island. The only so thing you could get was coconut. And by the way, that's where I learned too much coconut um does things to your body. Um it was it was a diuretic. Um so I had diarrhea on the island because I was You're so tired. Yeah, I was. Oh, well, I, I there was pl- it was an abandoned island, so I could go a lot of places. And but I got really good. Why do you think I was so good at opening coconuts? You remember, I was like the best one to open coconuts because I was so hungry because we weren't doing these. Sur- when you're in survival, you're not going to be in the middle of the afternoon doing all of the things you need to survive. You'll do yeah. it in the morning. You'll do it in the evening when it's cooler and we were in the heat of the afternoon doing the dumbest stuff that would not help us survive whatsoever. And we were starving. And then the first day I thought we were going to get something to live in. The sun was going down and they were like, Oh, by the way, you have to build your shelter. So as the sun was setting, we're all scrambling for palm fronds and sticks to try and build our shelters. I was smart and I paired with Liron, who is Israel, Israeli military. So he had some training. I had some training from building shelters, from camping so much. You, however, did not have that training so much previously to that island. 
Were you with, who were you with? You were with uh, Brittany? I was with Brittany. You were, you were talking to the girl that when I got married and I got my washer and dryer, I read the instructions because I didn't know how to turn it on. I, everything had always <laughs> been done for me. So you wanted me to go build a shelter? That's not, I was like, no, I have a degree in finance. I can make, make maybe uh, help us get the material for cheaper or get us a job so I, so we can make money to go buy it. Like I am not basically trained for that. I'm more like, I'm smart, but not strong. Let's put it that way. I mean, Brittany was great because I think from all the girls, she had more knowledge and, or, or more willingness to learn, I guess, because she was not just going to be like me, sit, sit down and cry. Mm-hmm. And we made it work for a couple of hours. Yeah, I remember there was like a storm that hit while we were on the <laughs> island. <laughs> and it was it was a serious storm because I remember they woke up the boys at like two o'clock in the morning because our rescue boat had beached itself. So they got all of us out in the storm to push the boat back into the water just in case we had to escape the island. That was ridiculous. Ridiculous. So I I come back, go back into my A-frame, which was so well set up and so sturdy. We wake up the next... We wake up the next morning. I don't know why are you laughing? This because so it's so funny. It's so is someone is someone laughing in your chat? No, I no. Yes, no. Um, <laughs> go ahead. I, we I walk out of our little A frame and I look to where Rosie's A frame used to be, and they literally just slept under a pile of sticks. And palm fronds because their whole shelter had collapsed in the storm. You know what? I have a picture of that. Do you? I got to see that. I I have a picture of that and it's hilarious. It's so okay. funny. Let me go back. Let me see. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Let me go back to the story about the stealing Coke and Sprite. Okay. So after I go, I go, oh no, it's going to take me a while. So after I go talk to someone from production, this is how people understand how the level of drama was like up to here because we were hungry, we were tired. Again, I am dramatic. I have to admit it. (laughs) You are not. You are not that. You are more like, um, you know, kind of square and you can think a little bit clear i guess i think they call that level-headed but go ahead yeah exactly thank you (laughs) if i struggle with an english word just say okay so then i went to talk to them and they apologized they did acknowledge that he was that he was wrong and so on and they told me a bunch of like nice things probably just for me to stay so i so i was like "Mm, perfect time to you know to joke around a little bit so i texted you through our because we could text we didn't have anywhere to sleep or eat but we could text We didn't have our iPhones though. We had the the Samsung. The Samsung. Device. It was basically. By the way, they were great. It's a Samsung. It was a Samsung commercial. We were in a Samsung. Yeah, it was commercial. a Samsung commercial. Yeah, yeah. So I texted you and I said, "I'm done. I'm leaving." And you lost it. You, do you remember this, or you don't remember this? I don't remember that part. Oh, so it, you you were you blacked out then. It, yeah. it was even more dramatic than when I thought. You were like, "What? You cannot leave this island. You cannot leave me here." What? You're the person I got closest to. So I was like, come on, don't leave me here. You're like, what am I going to do here without you? And I'm like, it's not like I'm saving the situation. So you're just going to. You you were were saving my sanity. 
you were so dramatic. So as I am walking, you were like, no, she's not real. You know, like, I'm just joking. And I feel like you wanted to slap me. Oh, <laughs> I was I so upset. Well, remember, we were sleep deprived and starved. And you yeah. were my only, like, like yeah. me, it was me, you and Mert were the two, like, that yeah. was our, our connections. He was like my little brother, too. Yeah. He, uh. That was actually how we tried to sell ourselves to get on the show was our bromance, me and yeah. me and Mert. Um, and actually for me it was Brittany as well, because we would spend so much time together at night. So with Brittany, um, it was it was very nice because at night we would talk about so many things. And that's like, you know, another connection that up to that point, it was meant to be there because, I mean, there's an age difference. There's a cultural difference. She is part of the LGBTQ plus community. I'm not so that we are so different. But at the same time, we found so much common ground and we would talk. We will have like girl talk for so long. Mm. And again, coming back from home, being with a baby, not being out so much, being isolated in some form. It was so refreshing. And I think you also like girl night because I do remember you will go with us just to chit chat the night and then you yeah. will like just eat. Ch- our, our chit-chatting, our I love it. Did you know, you yeah. remember though that Brittany wasn't out when she was on that island yet. I do remember that. So I, I was her that. beard. A beard yeah. A beard is like to cover up the fact that she, she wasn't. So we would have like little smooches and there was like this whole thing swirling about her, how her and I had this like romance going. And I knew full well that she was, she was gay. Yeah. So <laughs> that was, uh, I remember that. But do you, do you know why we got tents and more because food? I actually had the contract. Yeah. I had the contract. So what you would have done back then, I did back then. I was so, people, anyone who... To give you an example, in high school, when my mom would pick me up from school, she would have food sitting on my on the chair. And she goes, do not say anything to me until you eat that food because I get hangry. And so I was hangry and frustrated and sweaty. And I brought the contract to the executive producer. And I was like, if this stuff doesn't start happening right here, we are going to have a big problem when we get off of this island. All of a sudden we had tents and then they started feeding us that fish that could look at us still. And then they started giving us meal replacement bars. I don't know if I, I know sometimes reality shows will purposely deprive people to make the show better. I don't know that that's really what their plan was. I think they had to scramble uh, at that point because I don't think they expected us to be intelligent i'm not sure at that point i have i had a few of those bars uh even before we got him because i don't know if you remember that i almost fainted twice yeah. i'm very lightheaded so it's very easy for me to just like okay i'm fainting so um so i did have a couple of those bars why are you laughing because i'm remembering <laughs> the one challenge that we paired up for together i'm sorry oh gosh so <laughs> The one. Would you accept my apology? <laughs> yes. The one challenge that Rosie, because we would switch partners to to score points, and uh, the one challenge that Rosie and I did together involved me where I was running through this abandoned this uh, abandoned island with GoPros attached to me, trying to find points of interest, and you were communicating through the phone. Through the phone, and I had the map. So she was reading a map trying to give me directions and 
Do you remember exactly how that went down? I just remember yes, I, I twisted yes, my ankle and I remember uh, being very frustrated. So maybe you could tell that story. Okay. <laughs> Again, I am not that strong physically speaking. Mm -hmm. And I am not very good at reading maps. <laughs> so obviously he was going to run and I was going to read the map. That was a no brainer. Mm -hmm. So the first part of the challenge was to dig in the sand to get like this little um, box, mm -hmm. you can say. And then it, we ha I will pull out the map and you will run. That's how will the challenge start. Yes. But I have like no direction of left, right, you south. You have no sense more. of direction. And I have no sense of direction whatsoever. Um, so I, I mean, I was struggling and you were so upset at me that you <laughs> came back. And I, you couldn't even look at me. And to put people in context, we have been already, this was the second week because that was not our first challenge together. This was our second challenge oh, okay. together. Uh, so this was the second week. And again, you kind of like lose sense of reality being away yeah. and not eating and not sleeping right. And just, it, that becomes a little bit of your reality. Yeah. So I would like, you would be like my anchor. So for you to be so upset at me, I was so <laughs> sad. I was like, please forgive me. You I feel sent like I was me. being with a boyfriend. You sent me just like up a random hill with no path through trees. I twisted my ankle and still didn't find whatever it is that we were looking for. We didn't find anything. We didn't find it. I felt so sorry for everybody paired up with me. <laughs> that show was not made for me. Again, I wanted to do Big Brother more like a social experiment. That's where I felt that I could do so much better, not physical. But I think I, was, I would say my favorite moment not, not my favorite, but like one of the ones that sticks out the most. So we would actually get a per diem. It was like $150 a day while we were on that show. Yeah. But we obviously couldn't spend it. There were no stores on this abandoned island. Oh, I know where this is going. So Mert, our 19-year-old Turkish friend, is just like, oh, I'm getting pizza. Because the island was only 10 minutes off of the coast of Puerto Rico. So Mert took his per diem which he was obsessed with by the way i still hear how he says it's like per diem i forget how he says it but like i can hear it in my head calls pizza hut in puerto rico it was like forjado right is that where we were fajardo, fajardo yeah and she he ordered pizza had it delivered to a dock hired a water taxi to take the pizza because remind you, we had internet. So take the pizza from the island. I think it ended up costing him like, well, they didn't take the money, but uh, the production didn't. But it would have been like a $150 slice of pizza. It was, I if I remember this correctly, the whole ordeal was $300. <laughs> because he had to get the pizza delivered, which was probably maybe like $50. Mm -hmm. But then, then he had to rent. I mean, and they would go by the hour, that boat. Yeah. So, that was the best slice of pizza I've ever had in my life. I was so. I do, I do remember eating that pizza, and my, oh, I need one right now. I mean, my <laughs> whole body—it was like an out-of-body experience. Yeah. It was so good, so good, good memories. So then, I mean, do, do you do you look back at the whole experience? Because okay, we were talking about meeting and stuff, but let's talk about the experience as a whole. Don't you see it sometimes? 
and you see it like in Spanish with with say with cariño that you see it with some heart yeah. with a little bit of love to you after so uh, almost a decade as much as he was so fucked up you don't look back and you say ah you know what I no? I am grateful to that experience cuz obviously okay. you know you and I 10 years later are still connected and um I still love interacting with the people from the island and that if you remember i was still homeless while i was on the island so i didn't have anywhere to live anyway it was opportunity to make some money that was when wrecking ball went viral for me so that was also a, a fortunate thing it was not a waste of time okay I, do, I don't say that um i value the connections that i got from it more than the experience itself because you remember, I was about to fight the guy who ended up winning because he was just not a kind. So the winner of this got $100,000 towards the purchase of their own island. Or rent. Or rent. And I recognized while we were on the island that the whole thing was rigged mm-hmm. to go towards this guy, Graham, because he was the image that they wanted, the adve- the world adventurer, even though he was horrendous and, and really annoying and I wanted to do damage to that person. I didn't, I thought about it. Um, no, you almost did. And I remember <sighs> grabbing you from the back, like, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. <laughs> that almost happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was awful. Um, something. And so that's why I stopped campaigning on the island because I recognized that no matter what I did, no matter how many points I got, because you could get points from voting, I was more likely to get votes than anybody because I had the largest following at that point in time, that there was no point for me trying. So that's why I was trying to, I was like, I just want to get out of here. Like, I don't care. I'm out of here. We ended up leaving a day early because the one of the, the director got H1N1 while we were on the island. I was never so happy. I had to swim to the boat, which I can't swim. Remember when I almost drowned? Yeah. Um, they had to almost, they almost had to rescue me out of the water. I told them I couldn't swim and, uh, getting on that boat and leaving the Island was, that was my favorite part, leaving the, <laughs> leaving the Island and the eating actual food and air conditioning and getting rid of that tiny beard that I had that had its own Twitter account. You know, Do you remember where we went first? I think it was you, Brittany and I, do you remember? Where we first went that day we came back, or you don't remember? You have to remind me. No. I know there was a restaurant. We went to Burger King. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You you were in such a bad mood. And I remember, like, looking at you, like, dude, it's over. Like, yeah, let's just enjoy it. We're leaving. We're leaving tomorrow. No, not the next day. Two days after. Because we still had to do interviews and such. And you were just done. Done. You were done with everybody. Even me. Like, I was like, oh. It wasn't, it wasn't about you. And I have since developed a lot more emotional regulation, but I think it was, I don't like when people are dishonest and that they were very dishonest with us. The whole thing was a scam. You even, it was between you and Graham and remember the, tell, tell people about the voting situation. Cause that was the part that just really solidified that this whole thing was bullshit. One of the, This is just like a note on the side. One of the things that I'm most grateful about is that I have a very loyal following. Yes. And it's not just right now when we are like 5 million just in YouTube alone. It's been since day one. I mean, we've developed a very, very, very strong community 
So maybe I only had 30,000 followers, but those 30,000 were there for you. Mm -hmm. They were, they were voting and not just voting. They were playing games because um, they had this platform where you could like play like a little game and and gain like 10 extra points, 10 extra, extra votes for a day towards somebody. Mm -hmm. So my people were playing and this is how we found out that the whole system was, let's just say broken. Rigged. Uh, it allegedly. was fake. It was fake. They were skewing the numbers. Allegedly, because my people at night, they would be playing and they would see my votes going up. And then the person who ended up winning, it was like a matter of a second and he will go, he will get, let's say, 10,000 votes. And to, and and to give you guys an idea, he made like maybe two videos that got like 150 views. She's doing giveaways and her audience yeah. is on top of it. And he is somehow keeping up with her in votes somehow. And it was not only that. I mean, you uh, you made a video saying, you know, talking about the whole situation. And you clearly said, I, I do remember this very well because, I mean, it's something that uh, – Till now, I mean, I really appreciate, thank you, that you went like, you are done, I'm done. And I would appreciate if all of you that support you, you want to give me, you could give that to Rosie. Yes. So I had all of that. I had like a very small, but extremely loyal following. And I had your loyal people going to to keep pushing me. And I, we would see the graph because there were like public graphs that they would like keep the counter, the counter was live. So mine was, you know, progressive. But this guy would be like that all day and then like at 12 p.m. So it made no sense whatsoever. And that's that's why the finale was so bittersweet for me, because it was my very first time in L.A. doing a red carpet and doing an event like that, dressing up. I had a celebrity hairstylist doing my hair, um, reconnecting because we had not seen each other for like about a month and such. Same for Mert, uh, same for Britney. But then even though I had seen the graphs and how everything was playing online, when we were like on stage, still in the back of my mind, I was like, this may be legit and I may win. And I kept thinking that. And when they said his name, I have the video. (laughs) You went back. I just went blank. And only one person from the whole cast jump to hug him everybody else was like we don't understand this i understand the production side of it because he is the image of what they wanted to portray someone that was traveling all over the world and was surviving and i didn't fit the the, you know that mold i mean i'm again i couldn't turn on my washer and dryer But, but I had other strengths and I think that's where it was very unfair because supposedly the concept of the show was smarts and physical, you know, because you had, we had like this challenges that were more about social interaction and how you could create a strategy and such and getting people to vote for you. And then you had this other component of the physical challenges. So I think it was, there was also some value of someone that physically had no chance. And for your audience also to know, I was born with a, um, with this, I had not, it's not an illness. I, 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 I went blank on the, on the word, but, um, disability or you not necessarily well yeah if i had not gotten the surgeries that i that i got it was your leg or or your foot it was it was both of my legs my legs were inverted my Mm -hmm. feet from here down like from the from the knee down so i've 
I have had countless surgeries and now it's not even noticeable unless you see me very up close and you see, I heal very well, but if you see my legs up close, you would see like a bunch of scars, mm-hmm. but, and I can do, I can be in heels. I can work out. I, they have modifications for me at the gym, um, but I can, I cannot physically do what, for instance, you can do if you train at the gym for a marathon. A marathon is something that I can't do. Just like when I was little, I couldn't be a ballerina because physically I just, I just couldn't, I, I just couldn't do that. So I think there was also value in someone like me with all these disadvantages to win a show like that. Yeah. But to me, it was just like, okay, this is done. And what I did is um, I, I went like hard, like head on to pursue my dreams. And that party happened in December of 2013. And in January of 2014, I did my first IMATS as me purchasing a ticket and going to IMATS and just be like, wow, this is what I've seen the big influencers uh, in uh, content creators in beauty or beauty bloggers back in the day do and and it was just such a um such an inspiration so going circling back to when we first started talking uh i'm i'm not i'm not exactly sure if if everything would have played out the way it did i like to believe that i would have managed to go around but it was like a crash course of what it could possibly be and it was like a great great push yeah. so that's why i tell you that even though it was not even legal at that point because they were going off the contract the voting was not regulated and we never knew if someone was actually monitoring that i mean i do look back at the whole experience and even stealing the, the sprite and the coke from from a place of a lot of love. I mean, I I look back and it's just it's just part of my story and it's part of my journey. Mm-hmm. I look back and I'll be honest. I don't know if with the, the person that I am today, even back then with the numbers and the situation and everything that I had, I don't know if I would have done it. But looking back, I don't regret it, and I see it again from a place of love. Yeah, and and I didn't see you again for many years after that. Like we didn't. I think. I think, and and you will have to agree with me that it was a very a very extreme situation. Yeah, it, it was it was way <laughs> way 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 too extreme, and and even at the to for people to understand, like you live in a reality that it's not reality. So it it like for instance, if you right now accuse me of stealing a sprite, that would be like, yeah, I did so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it was yummy. <laughs> so I was just, I was, I was thirsty, and you were not feeding me, and I needed something, or I was gonna faint. Right. So, so you live something that it's not real. So that we carried with us for a little bit after. Yeah. So even when we all got together for the finale, even you and I, that we had such a strong connection, you and I struggled to connect again in real life and when we were in LA and such I remember when I landed we spent the day together because I landed before everyone else like a few hours before Mirth because we were just like waiting for Mirth because it was like our third or it was like our kid but we we couldn't I mean it was we were just we couldn't connect it's like if we were if we were like two strangers so I want to say by that January that I went to IMAX you and I were not even talking because we again we we all developed um this bond based on something that was not reality. Right. And actually nowadays you are the only one that I talk to and I do interact with Mert a little bit here and there, 
but he was way younger. So he sees this experience under a total different yeah. um, spectrum. Because if you think about it, that was even date. Like the, the, the way they did this, it was dangerous, Chris. Oh, yeah. I do remember thinking like, oh my God, like we are changing in this teepee things that are see-through. I mean, you and this, I don't know if I ever thank you for this, but I do remember that every single time that you knew I needed to change, you will make a point to, to do something with towels and things like that. You do it. You did it for me. You did it for Brittany. You did it for Karen. You did it for a lot of people hmm. because we were there with a, with a bunch of strangers and that could have turned out very ugly because no one was taking care of us at night. Yeah. And now with everything that we see in the world, I see that not just like as a bad production, I see it as a lack of security for us. So it yeah. was wrong from beginning to end. <laughs> yeah. And so, so then like many years passed, mm-hmm. I, I stopped going to VidCon because VidCon, I, I was at the first VidCon. So I, I watched it turn into this like huge thing. And I just wasn't really like, it just, it just didn't match what I wanted anymore. And I randomly got a message from this lawyer friend that I had. And mm-hmm. he said, I have some tickets to the creator part of VidCon if you want tickets. And I was still in LA. So I was like, sure. And I looked up who was there and I saw your name. And then I saw that you had this massive following and you were speaking for like Univision. And it was just like, it was, it was like, um, I was really proud of you. I was just like, man, I remember where she was. And to see her standing on stage with all of this accolade, like I thought it was such a beautiful thing. And mm-hmm. I wanted to, at least, I just wanted to say hi. And I had no idea until you told me, cause you literally pulled me to the side. Like yeah. I've been wanting to talk to you and tell you how my interactions with you shaped some of the things that I'm doing now. I was, I, I I'm still to this, to this day, still kind of blown away by it because I had no idea. We hadn't talked for years. I didn't realize yeah. that I had had that much influence at all. So talk about, talk about that. Talk about how you applied things that I told you or what you heard from the island to the success that you're having now. You know what, Chris? I I feel that in life, there's no coincidences. Mm. Things are Sometimes things are meant to happen in certain way for other things to happen. I do believe that you make things happen. But I've heard so many people say, I'm self-made, I'm self-made. And I'm like, no one is self-made because you needed needed people and situations to get you where you are. Um, Let me backtrack even before the island. Uh, You know, I went to LA for makeup school uh, after I I was done with my degree in college and so on. And my first opportunity down here was with this photographer that had the biggest studio not in town in the area in many miles around and I became the in-house makeup artist so I will always do um the creative makeup for the sessions that we will that we will have 
And because she will have, she, she's a great photographer. She would produce these beautiful images that I can put on my site, that I can put on Instagram, not on Instagram back then, but that I can put on Facebook and people will be like, whoa, because they were perfect images, retouched and everything, perfect lighting. So she was there to help me, you know, with that, that creativity that I um, boiled there was what took me to YouTube. YouTube was not something that I intended to do for uh, as a living. It was something more that I felt so lonely back in the day and that I had no one to talk. And I was always alone by myself at home at certain times that it was just my creative outlet. So like that, I, I kept, and now before going into you, let me jump ahead a little bit. After I had almost, I've been working for a while and I had, I think I was getting close to a million subscribers. And you know, that's a big milestone on any social media to get to a million. I was making about $200 per deal at a million with the views that go with a million, not just like a million followers and not the views. No, no, no. Everything correlated pretty perfectly. And I went into the next phase awards that as everyone knows, I didn't win, but I met Patrick Starr, Patrick Starr and I competed together and we became Great friends. He was like my Chris mm-hmm. in that show. The entire two weeks that we were in LA, we were always together. We were shopping together. We would like go to bed together. I mean, we would do all these things together. We would like have um, pajama parties and such. So he, one day I told him how much I was making. And he, he was like, no, 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 no. He's like, there's no way that you are making $200 here and there. And I was like, yeah, and when I put it together, I make like about $800 a month. And he was like horrified. <laughs> he was like horrified. And he's like, what else are you doing? And I'm like, well, and I'm also taking uh, clothes for free. And then I post them on my Instagram and I tag them. And he's like, no, 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 no. And I was with a bad agency. He was like, you're going to take off that agency out of your all your profiles and you're going to put your email. Three days later, we were still in LA in the Face Awards. I got my very first big sponsorship for Herbal Essence for $5,000 that I negotiated and that I did not even a week after changing my email. I was like, what is this agency doing to me? Like whatever's coming to me, giving it to other creators, what's going on? Because from then on, I mean, things changed that drastically. So, so see how people are key to you and no one is truly self-made, but it's like angels carrying you around and you just have to identify. So now that I talked about someone before you and after you, now I'm going to talk about you. So on the eye, that's why I think that you and I would have connected outside of the island because mm-hmm. you was meant to be like that because you... There was a there was a purpose. I mean, well, I don't know what purpose I could serve to you, but I could see how you were like. <laughs> I'm so sorry, um, because I couldn't read maps. I am really sorry. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe you would have won if I could have read that map correctly. <laughs> and I didn't quit <laughs> while I was on the island. You know that too. But you would talk, and I would just look at you like. I am sorry if you thought that I was looking at you because you're very handsome. You are. You are very handsome. But no, I was looking at you like that because I was like, what is he saying? What is he? I was like in awe looking at you like, oh, my God. The same thing. I would write that. You know what? I wish I had done this with that notebook. I'll send you a picture. I I saw it the other day. I have it very handy. And you will talk about the the, the labels and the metadata. I've never heard that in my life. Uh, the tags and and how the 
the thumbnails were so important because when I remember everything you said, when you would do parodies, you will make sure that the, that the thumbnail was so attractive that people will click on it. Da, 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 and I was like, thumbnails? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there such a thing as a thumbnail? I was just like, whatever YouTube would generate, that's what I would use. Um, so I was just like, okay. And again, that four fiesta deal, of course, it got you a car, it got you money, it got you something, but it did some collateral benefits by being so inspirational to me. Because mm. I was like, you you got a car by you making YouTube videos? So, and then, you know this because I already told you, you gave me the best piece of advice that to this point I carry with me. You, you said a bunch of stuff. But this one, this one stuck. You told me, treat your channel like it was a, like it's a TV show. Mm-hmm. Set a schedule and set a time and commit to it. Whatever you do, commit to that schedule. And I did. I started uploading what was doable. Having a toddler back in the day, I was like, okay, I'm going to do twice a week, uh, Tuesdays and, and Fridays, which I still do, but I added an extra day mm-hmm. uh, at 3 p.m. I'm just going to go with that and that would be it. And to this day, I'm not going to say that my schedule's perfect because uh, life happens. Life, and then yeah. I take a couple, a couple of holidays here and there, like Mother's Day, <clears> Easter <throat> and such. But I stick to the schedule and, and I am very like square out as far as like, this is my schedule and this is what I'm going to do. And, and that discipline came from, I'm a very disciplined person, you know that. But that came from that piece of advice. And, and I've passed it along. I'll be very honest with you. When someone asks me in an interview, give me one thing that you feel that you do very well. I say that. I say, someone gave me this advice. I do it. And I share this with whoever wants to hear it and run with it. Uh Is it hard? Yes. Because I give this advice to a bunch of people and I don't see that many people applying it. Um, But, but yeah, so it's just, it's just like how, like all the people that carry your dreams with you and they push you a little bit. So that's why I don't believe in the self-made um, concept because I feel that even with your biggest dreams and your biggest drive and everything that you want to do, you are going to find people along the way that everybody's going to keep pushing you forward a little bit. And maybe it's not even your intention because honestly, from the way you will talk, it's not like you were schooling me. You were just like talking. I was just happened to be listening. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because I, 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 I took it literally. People say it's my YouTube channel. You go on channels to watch TV shows. Yeah. What, the example you just say is like if Grey's Anatomy didn't put, post an episode during its regular time because it didn't feel well, you'd stop watching Grey's Anatomy or at least a handful of you will. And then eventually, you know, yeah. a lot of those people will, you know, kind of like disappear. Someone is listening to this or someone is watching this and they've got the you know, wide-eyed thing that you said that you had while listening to me speak back in 2013. And they want to elevate uh, to a higher level of success. They, You are an inspiration to them. What advice do you give to them to help them find their own path to finding the success that you have had? I believe that good things happen to good people that are willing to put the work, understanding the sacrifices, which are many. There are many, 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 many sacrifices in doing this. Um, 
but things happened. I mean, I, I think my biggest piece, piece of advice, which is something that I had to drill in my head, is that good things happen to all people. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're from, from a small town, if you're already a mom, if you are this or that, and you have that thought in your head of like, oh, those things don't happen to people like me. Yes, it does. I mean, it, it, it really does. The, the industry now, it's shaped very differently. Now, it is an industry. It's not even shaped in differently. It, it is an industry. It was a community back then. It was just that. It was just a community. And now it is an industry. People are making lots of money, not just money. So <clears throat> people can make it. But you, you, just have to be, you just have to be yourself, which is extremely complicated nowadays because you want to... You want to do what other people are doing. You want to try to replicate the kind of content that you see other people doing successfully. You want, especially in the Latino industry, you want to look certain way and you want to get that sur- this and that surgery. I, ha- I, I had a really bad experience with that. And um, so it's, it's you, you are you. And that's the most beautiful and unique thing. Just like someone is going to fall in love with you for being you, for looking the way you look, thinking the way you think and being as flawed as you are, that happens the same within the workplace. I mean, you have a space in this world, in this world. And if you want to make it happen, only you can make it happen. But being you, not Mm -hmm. trying to be, act or look like anybody else. It seems like people focus on, on the success uh, on the numbers instead of what am I going to do that I enjoy that I can repeat enough to build a real audience? Because there are people, and, and you know this just as well as I do, who have people who have a larger following than you, but do they? Is it really, is it re- th- is it that 30,000 core that you had in the beginning? Or is it just people who happen to click subscribe one time? People think that the numbers are the most important part, but in reality is, one, do you enjoy what you're doing? Because you you and I both know people who do what they do every day and can't stand it, but they do it because they want to make money. And if you're motivated, people are so motivated by money and by numbers, and that's an aspect of it. But if that's where your focus is, those to me are the people who end up failing because you can't repeat that long enough to actually build a business. Like, do you want numbers? Or do you want a business? What are you actually building? You know? Yeah, exactly. And that, I mean, there's nothing wrong with viral content. But if all you're doing is just trying to get on the next viral wave, you are not like really connecting with people. So I don't know. That's just, that's just the way I think. And I think nowadays, especially on YouTube, now that we have so many platforms, because growing on YouTube now, it's very difficult. Like I do see a lot of people who are extremely talented in the beauty industry and they cannot pass the 700 mark. It is very difficult. Like the days that when I would jump a million a year, I mean, those days, I don't see them anymore. I not, at least not in beauty. It's very, very, very difficult. But what I see now, and I see it with brands as well, is that they're looking for people and for figures who are very respected. Mm. So in five years from now or 10 years from now or whatever, I don't want to have the most successful career as far as numbers. I want to have not the, but maybe one of the most successful careers as far as respect that people trust me, that people respect me. And that, that, that bond that I created with people, you know, that 
I mean, you've seen it. I mean, how people come and hug me and mm-hmm. they pick me up and stuff like that. That's what I want. I don't, I don't want like this huge numbers that maybe are going to bring me not necessarily the, the, these things that I'm describing. So, so yeah, I mean, it's just, you just have to put everything in a balance. Obviously, obviously we're in this business and we want numbers and we want followers and we want views. I mean, of course we all want it. Whoever says they don't, I mean, they're lying. <coughs> But it's like, where do you put that in the priority list, you know? Mm -hmm. And don't get involved with drama. Do what Rosie does and watch it online secretly and send me the videos, even though she knows I can't stand it sometimes. La chisme. That's right. I know. I know. (laughs) Because people people think that I don't have opinions on public matters. Let's put it that way. I have a lot of opinions, but I have to remember that I, yes, but I do beauty content. Mm-hmm. So my opinions, I mean, are not something that it, my content is based on. So why would I share? A, and people poke me for opinions so much. And I'm like, maybe I'll share one here and there. But it's not it's not what my, I'm, you know, my content is about. I mean, I'm I, my content is about sharing my opinions. And I'm kind of moving <laughs> away from that a little bit because, <laughs> man, it's just people are asking random people with large followings to speak on things that they have absolutely no expertise in just because they have a following. And it's it's, and if you don't talk about it, then you're a bad person. I was like, no, that's not how this works. I'm going to be muddying a serious conversation with misinformation. You don't need me to talk about it. I can listen. And I think that's something that's kind of gone by the wayside a little bit is whole lot of people talking, not enough people listening or elevating those who actually know what they're talking about. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I don't share that much opinion. No, just with me privately. And I'm going to post all of our text messages after this on my Instagram. So make sure you follow me on Instagram. You better be deleting all that. (laughs) No, I have. I am trusting. I have all of our texts. I even have the text from the island. I still have that phone. Yeah. I don't delete anything. What's the point? We got in trouble. Let me remind you. Oh, wait. So that means that you have your super dramatic text of you. You can't leave me here. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go see if I, I got to see if I don't even know if I have anything that could charge that. Because I remember, I remember that. <clears throat> really. I was like, this guy. Was like, don't, yeah, no, that no, was no, don't leave me. I'm about to allegedly and for legal purposes, this is Joe commit mass murder on this island and you're what's keeping me sane somehow so just 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 stay just stay. i had an extra job i was keeping myself sane and yourself yes i remember i remember when we were on the island and even before that you would ask me like all these questions and i would be like why do you ask me why don't you go ask production and you are like it's because you're a mom you (laughs) are you had snacks you smuggled things onto the island you were organized you were a lot of things remember i was homeless I wasn't really in like the 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 the, the uh, sunset of my life, you know. It was not a good time. So having someone who actually paid attention was organized. I need those people in my life. Okay, I yeah. can't function without them. Well, thank you for being on. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you have a, a busy schedule. Of course. And uh, yeah, make sure. What you do guys... I get? Do I get a prize? Do I get an island? My present is a present. My presence is a present. Sorry. All right. I'll talk to you later, Rosie. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Rosie, for being on Unfiltered Friends. If you'd like to reach out to her, do so at Instagram.com slash Rosie McMichael. And tell me, what was your biggest takeaway from today's episode? What did you learn? 
post it on your social media and tag me and I will be sharing my favorite answers. And if you would like to help Unfiltered Friends grow, follow us on all podcast platforms, give us a rating and let your friends know this is the place where you can grow. And I will see you next week on Unfiltered Friends.